Welcome everyone to the debut edition of Blasty Banter. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Um, so if for regular Couch Potato um, viewers, uh, welcome back. Um, I, I mentioned this on the show yesterday uh, when we started our Blue J1, but um, I am going to be doing now some team-specific shows. It's not just going to be team-specific shows around here. Um, like we will be doing the, the regular Couch Potato Diary uh, flagship show as well. Um, but for the first couple of days, just wanted to, to let these ones kind of get their own room to breathe a little bit. So that is um, that that is what we are doing here today. This is going to be a weekly focus on the Calgary Flames. Um, and again, not that the Flames won't be focused on Couch Potato. It's just this is a chance to go maybe a little bit more in depth than I would on just a, a regular all sports type of a show. So uh, we're going to be doing these every Tuesday for the rest of the regular season. Um, and then probably some stuff around draft and free agency as well. Uh, we'll, we'll just have a bit more in depth stuff on the, the Calgary Flames. So that is what we are doing. For those of you who are new around here, uh, my name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for uh, stopping by, whether it's in podcast form or you are watching this on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe um, and either leave a review or like it, depending on on what your platform allows you to do. I've been on uh, Calgary Sports Radio for 10 years. Uh, I was then laid off and freelance-wise brought back, uh, but doing my own stuff for the most part now. And so that is what this is. So um, all of that out of the way, all the social media stuff is uh, right down there at the uh, bottom of the screen. Um, so go check all of those things out. Um, let's start this discussion by looking back to Saturday, a complete win by the Flames over the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and quite frankly, Calgary just outworked Edmonton in this game. Like that's, that, that is where they were. And that is what Calgary's going to have to do to win some of these hockey games now, right? Like they are going to have to be the team. They're not going to out talent many teams in the NHL. They're going to have to outwork them. And they had the opportunity to against Edmonton because Edmonton wasn't putting up much resistance in that sort of a battle. So a strong performance from the Flames, a not so strong performance from the Oilers led to complete and total control by the, this Calgary Flames team. But again, that's that's how you're going to, to win if you are the Flames. Um, Edmonton, like they didn't get a whole lot aside from like Hyman, um, and then obviously Dreisaitl and, and McDavid. But Calgary, I, I thought like all four lines looked pretty good and you, you felt very good about things. The one player who I thought really stepped up in this game was Noah Hannafin. And he continues to really step up for this Flame squad um, throughout the season. This, this, I think, is honestly, genuinely the best I have seen him play. From his reads that he is making in the offensive zone to how well he is playing defensively, um, how aggressive he is being with certain things, both offensively and defensively. And just that's, it's the subtle place that I love. Like, I think Nazem Kadri has that down to a science with what he is able to do. Um, but just Bouchard is rushing up through the middle. Um, he had a bit of a rough one. And Hannafin, just a bit of a stick flip, knocks the, the puck away, recognizing who is rushing in on him, what he can do, what he can't do. Oh, I can I can poke it from this guy. Boom, leads to a goal the other way. Later on, he's involved in, in getting a couple of goals. He now has a career high 11 on the season. I, I said it before, I genuinely think this is a player who is playing his absolute best hockey of the season right now. And that is a, a really, really important thing for the Flames because they are, you know, kind of looking to move this guy. And I, I think he is playing right now like a legitimate number one defenseman in the National Hockey League. That doesn't mean you don't move him. It just means you have an opportunity to get some pretty good return for a guy who is uh, playing some fantastic hockey right now. Even if he's just a rental, which is basically all he is. 
um, that this is a guy who is, uh, I think, really going to step up and be a difference maker. We'll get into a little bit later on who um, who, who potentially could be moved from a flame standpoint um, and where they, they may end up going. But Hannafin is, is at the, the top of that list. And aside from that, like I, I think Vladar works back into the trade picture a little bit. The, a Vladar trade isn't going to happen until like minutes before the deadline. That'll probably be one of those ones that, okay, well, the trade deadline's been done for 45 minutes, but trades are trickling in, and Dan Vladar is one of them. He is on the move to the blah, 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 blah for a sixth round pick. Like, that's basically what I, I think it, it could be. But a, a strong performance against Edmonton, um, handled getting blindsided by Leon Dreisaitl very well, and I, I think overall played a, a fairly strong game of hockey, um, as did the, the rest of the team. So now... Um, that leads us up to the game tonight. Uh, your lines for this evening against the LA Kings. Um, no Kuzmenko, he is battling, uh, illness still. Markstrom is going to play, uh, and Greer's still out with the ankle injury. Um, it is Zari, Kadri, and Pospisil. Then Manjapani, Backlund, Coleman. Huberto, Sharangovich, and Hunt. Pelche, Rooney, Dewar. Uh, and on the blue line, it is Hannafin with, uh, Tanev, Uyghur, Anderson, and Shillington, Pahal. Um, I don't... I don't love Hunt getting the, the call up to Sharon Govich and, and, and Huberto, and I get one player out, you don't want to mess with two lines then, but I, I would like to see Pelche get an opportunity, maybe on his offside, but I'd like to see Pelche get an opportunity with that group and see what he can do, and then you have Hunt, Rooney, and Dewar as a fourth line. But the fourth line is working all right for, for Calgary right now. I think Rooney has provided a bit of a spark to it. Dewar is playing some of his best hockey in a bit. He has kind of relearned what uh, makes him work and what works for him. So that has been, uh, I think, a positive thing for the Flames to see. So that that is, it, it's it's a strong thing for, for Calgary that they can kind of confidently roll four lines right now. And I think Bahal has been kind of nice right now from a, a Flame standpoint. Obviously, he's probably going to be due more minutes. All these guys, right? Like, um, Uyghur and Anderson have been kind of slated as the number two pair for a little bit. They move up to number one. Shillington and Pahal move up to number two. Um, and then we'll see who gets called up from there. I would like Poirier, but we'll see how he adjusts to uh, dealing with the injuries that he um, dealt with um, and working his way back up to, to gain speed. But, you know, like Solovyov is down there, Kuznetsov down there as well. Interesting test tonight in the LA Kings and an interesting game. Like, the, the Kings had that real dry spell for parts during the season. I was on Sportsnet 960 earlier today and talking about how both these teams kind of feel very similar to the other, right? Like, the Kings are a more talented version, for sure. But they're, they're both, like, teams that are probably too talented to be losing to some of the teams that they're losing to. Um, but you, you don't really trust their consistency because they haven't really consistently shown it at times this season. So, uh, right now, both teams are, are working well. But even in that, the like, both teams, 7-3 and three in their last 10. But even in that, the Kings had a four-game winning streak and have now lost two of their last three. So... Which of the, the numbers are you buying coming into this game? I think this is still a very good team. This is a, a well-constructed team. Quinton Byfield is having a bit of a breakout moment right now. That um, They have, like, the um, Pierre-Luc Dubois trade probably hasn't worked out the way that they would have wanted it to. But overall, this is a talented, talented hockey team that I think is going to te give teams fits in the postseason in whatever area that they make it in, whether it be as a wildcard team or in the Pacific Division. Um, I, I still, from a flame standpoint, like you, you still want them to be competitive, right? And that's like the, this whole season here is, in my opinion, about the experience for the kids. And 
if they make the playoffs, whatever, like you'd rather they don't. So you get a better draft pick like team tank and all of that. But you, you also never want losing to be okay. And um, I heard it. Chris Johnson said it on his show. Buffalo hasn't played a playoff game since the Jets were a thing. This second go around. Um, like it's been that long in the Buffalo rebuild process that they have uh, not made it to the postseason. And for a while, their losing was okay. And you never want that to be a thing here. Um, and so I, I think it's important to stay competitive in these games. And like, if they lose, they lose. If they win, that's great too. I think learning how to win is legitimately a skill in the National Hockey League. But for this Flames team... Yeah, I think it's it's good to see like what does a what does it take to beat Boston and Winnipeg and Edmonton and um how do you respond to losing games against Chicago and San Jose? Um so you, you like that they're competitive and you want to see what you're taking from these games. I am not viewing this team as a, a playoff team. Um even if they do make it into the playoffs, you don't favor them against any playoff team right now. Calgary currently sits five points out of a postseason spot. They are trailing Minnesota and St. Louis. And then you get to the teams in the playoffs in Nashville and the LA Kings. Calgary five points back of that. So I just, I don't, I don't view it as likely right now. Uh, let me pull up the standings here real quick. This is how difficult it is to uh, make up space right now in the NHL. Because the Flames have won seven of their last ten, right? So that is... 14 points out of a possible 20 in their last 10. When we look at the wild card race in the NHL right now, um, I don't know what I'm allowed to put all, pull up and what I'm not. So you're just going to have to see that the screen is a bit brighter on my face for a second while I'm doing this. So Calgary has won um, seven of the last 10. That's 14 points. Looking at the teams ahead of them, that means they have actually lost ground to Minnesota, who's 7-2-1 in their last 10. They've gained four points. On the St. Louis Blues, who are still on the outside looking in, they have gained four points on the Nashville Predators, who are 6-3-1, right? Oh, no, sorry. They've gained one point on the Nashville Predators um, and no points on the LA Kings, who are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. So in this 10-game span, where Calgary has kind of started to like play some pretty good hockey, they've gained exactly one point combined on the two playoff teams in the in the wild card race right now. It is just so hard to catch teams in the the NHL where every team gets a point for just making it to, to overtime, right? It, it's just and when you have to climb over two, three, four teams to make it to the playoffs, it just doesn't seem realistic. So um I, I'm not viewing this as a team that needs to make the playoffs. I'm viewing this as a team that's probably not going to be very good in the back part of the season when you're talking about losing potentially Tanif, um, <laughs> um, uh, Tanif, Hannafin, and Markstrom, and maybe even more off of the, the main roster. So we'll see what uh, what, what comes of that. But I, I just... I just don't think that like you should be getting your hopes up for a playoff spot. And I certainly don't think this Flames team needs to be making decisions based off of the potential that they could make the playoffs. That's not... That's not what this season is, my guys. That That's just, it's simply not. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with all of that. As we are approaching the trade deadline next week, four games between now and the start of, uh, and the, the end, sorry, of trade season, I do think that we, it's pretty clear who the trade targets are right now. I think it is um, Hannafin, Tanev, Markstrom. We could talk about others. Like, I, I think, I, I've kind of mentioned this on, um, on twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You see it down there. I'm, I, I wonder how many other players who are under contract beyond next season could be available. Like, Blake Coleman is having the season of his life. Do you, 
go up to him and be like, hey, do you want to go play in a playoff race? Um, same thing. And honestly, like, I am wondering about Andrew Mangiapane. There's just, there was, the, I think it was the Edmonton game. He had a couple of chances right in close. One, he missed the net on. The other, he just kind of, like, you could almost see the panic on him when he got in tight. Like, he's just, he is not the same guy he was a couple of years ago. And I think if you can get a couple of years ago value for a Mangiapane, like, if you get, like, a second and then a decent mid-round pick for him, I, I honestly think you have to consider it because I, I think he's kind of falling into what he is. And that is someone who can score from your third line, but if we're looking at him being a middle six forward, it's, I think, the back part of that middle six, personally for me. I, I think we're going to look back on the 30-goal season as more of a, oh yeah, he had 30, than what he is normally capable of doing. And so I, I think if you can get a team that sees that 30-goal season from a couple years ago and thinks much like the Flames have looked at guys like Sharon Govich and Kuzmenko and just thought, well, yeah, but look what... Look what he's playing with. Look at the opportunities he's getting. We can we can turn that around with him and and bring that guy in um, and and pay like legitimate value for it. Then I, I think you have to explore that. I don't think there are many untouchables on this Flames team right now. Um, Kadri and Huberto's contracts probably make them untouchable. It'd be really weird if you signed Michael Backlund to a contract extension, made him captain, and then traded him four months later. So he's probably not going anywhere. And then like with the kids, like Pelche, Zari, um, Pospisil, those guys, it would take a lot. It would take an awful lot. Like, they're not untouchable, but it would be borderline irresponsible what teams would have to offer for me to, to want to trade those players away. Um, there, there's been a little bit of talk about Mackenzie Weger. I think he's still young enough and you have him under contract for a long enough time that he's going to be, like, good still the next time the Flames are good. Um, and, like, again, if someone's going to offer you a ransom for this guy, then maybe you consider it. Same thing with Rasmus Anderson. His name has come up quite a bit. And I, I've said it on uh, the regular Couch Potato Diary podcast. This is a player that I think is going to be a captain of this team someday. Like, I, I think he is a culture setter. I think he's a tone setter out on the ice. I think that we are seeing... Um, a pretty big increase in his style of play as well and his productivity out on the ice. I, I like him a lot. So again, not untouchable, but I'm not calling teams to be like, hey, Rasmus for a second. Um, like all of these guys, it would be like first and if you are are bringing those guys in. And so the, you're probably not moving them. But the three that are definitely getting moved in my, or the two that are definitely getting moved and the one that probably should be moved is Markstrom, um, Tanev and Hannafin. Let's start with the, the, the UFAs because they are as good as gone. Hannafin and Tanev. What are the markets for them right now? The teams that are involved that we keep hearing about, um, we constantly still hear about Vancouver. Um, Toronto is involved and we're hearing Tampa Bay more specifically on Hannafin than on Tanev, but they have all the cap space that Sergachev um, has left behind with his uh, LTIR designation. So th there's room for him. The thing with Tampa Bay, I went over their, their roster. They don't have a first round pick for the next two years. I don't think they have a second round pick next year uh, or this year coming up either. So draft compensation wise, unless you're getting a third team involved in this, you're not going to get the draft compensation that you want. And any good young players that the Tampa Bay Lightning have are contributing to their success. So I just don't, like maybe Hannafin signs there next year. Um, I know Julian Brisebois is very aggressive when it comes to trade deadline time and very creative with the trades that he is able to, to pull off. I just don't see it matching up. It's the same thing with Lindholm to, to Boston from earlier in the season. Like the need is so clearly there, right? It, it's 
um, very similar. Bergeron and Krejci leave. Um, Lindholm fits it perfectly. Sergachev leaves. Hannafin fits it perfectly. It's just the assets that they have don't necessarily match up. So I, I think this one is down to Toronto and Vancouver. Um, and when you look at what, like, it, it would be funny if it was Vancouver and you made three separate trades with the Canucks. But I, I think when you are looking at um, trades with Vancouver, I mentioned before um, Hoaglander and uh, got comments like, yeah, they're not moving him. And they're probably not, right? Like, he's playing on their top line. He's playing really, really well. He has probably moved into untouchable territory for them. So I, I think when you're looking at the Canucks, you're looking at, like, uh, Lakara Mackey, the, the kid who lit it up at the World Junior Hockey Championships, and then some picks. But you've already taken some picks from them, so they don't really have the picks needed to, to make that one again. The next team involved there is Toronto. I think if you're moving one of your key defensemen there, Lilligren has to be involved for me. Um, I would also try to finagle like a uh, Robertson to, to come over. I think there's been a lot of conversation about Robertson in that market. And um, I, I think there is a high amount of potential in that player. And so he would be a guy that from a Calgary perspective, I would also be looking to, to focus on and try to attack with that. Um, you could also look at a couple of the kids who they had make it to the world juniors with um, uh, Mitten and that they had someone else whose name I'm, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but they, they, they have at least a few pieces that you could maybe consider. Now, they are Toronto prospects, so they get talked up a little bit more than others because it's the Leafs and all of that. But I do think that Toronto does match up with what Calgary is looking for. Young pieces who can fit. Um, Lilligren, I think, matches that perfectly. Um, and I think they have a couple of forwards that you can kind of make that work with as well. But the Hannafin one has to be the home run. Uh, Logo has asked me a really good question today about, like, which one do you have to make the, the home run? And it, it has to be Hannafin, right? Like, you have to come away with that with a first-round pick or equal value um, just based on how fucking good that guy is at playing hockey and the, the kind of run that he is on right now. The Markstrom one is a little bit more interesting. Um, he is having an absolutely amazing season. And so I, I think you want to, there's a lot of people in the market right now who are saying like sell high on this for a couple of reasons. One, he's playing incredible after he sucked last year. Two, um, you're kind of keeping us in some games, my guy. And we don't want you to do that. We, we, there's a lot of people right now focused on the losing and your, your silly little head is still focused on that winning thing. How dare you? But I do think that this is maybe not necessarily a move that they desperately have to make this season. Um, I, I would be a little surprised if Jacob Markstrom is the starting goalie for the Calgary Flames at the start of next year, but this is a move where you can make it at the draft. Um, where more teams have more cap space, everyone's involved, um, maybe like a, a whoever thinks that they can make a real push for something next year and they want to start it off by going out and getting that goalie, then by all means, right? Like they, there's an opportunity for them to do that. But I do think there are like, I think it's a, another unique opportunity to move a goalie this year because there are so many goalie needy teams. Like Skinner looked bad against Calgary the other night. I still think Edmonton should be in the market for a goalie. Um, the New Jersey Devils are the obvious one because of like how good the rest of that team is. And there's been talks about getting uh, a package together of Markstrom and one of these defensemen off to New Jersey and kind of maximizing return that way. I, I think you could very much do that. And honestly, like I think Toronto is probably still involved in, in a goalie sweepstakes as well. Um, I know Wall is coming back and all of that, but I think that from a... Um, from a Calgary standpoint, 
or from, sorry, from a Toronto standpoint, Markstrom gives you a better chance to win than all of those guys. Bless Martin Jones for how well he has played at different times this year, and they have that really big kid and wall, but Markstrom is better than all of them, and I would say by a significant margin. With Toronto, it's always the cap space, and again, it's the talk of, like, where, like, who, who, who are you getting? From Toronto, because we are running out of options with them as well. I do think the New Jersey one is really interesting. Holtz the other night looked good against the Flames. Um, Dawson Mercer is someone, he, he feels like he's been a prospect forever, but he is still someone who could be like kind of a a big piece of a return if you're moving a Markstrom for, uh, to, to New uh, sorry, to the New Jersey Devils. Um, first round picks obviously involved in there, but they have some young pieces that I think match up. The one that I would have my eye on from an Edmonton standpoint, I think Dylan Holloway matches what the Flames are looking for perfectly. I think he is a forward who is being wildly misused out in Edmonton. And so if they are looking for a goalie or a defenseman, that is where the conversation starts with me. Cause I, I think that is a guy who like legitimate top six forward, um, and I, I think there is a very, very high upside on this kid. And I'm not just saying that because he played in the, um, with the Okotoks Oilers out here. I, I, I just, I like this kid a lot. I think he's really good. And I think they have a couple of young, I think Edmonton has a few young players that have kind of been blocked along the way. And I feel like their value has kind of been misrepresented a little bit because of how poor things have gone. Um, for some of them just on like quick, like, okay, we need you. We need a boost. We need something. Oh, it's not working. Let's just go to the next thing. Let's sign Evander Kane or Corey Perry or whatever. Right. Um, so I, I think that there are a few options that could be brought in for the Calgary flames. Um, from an Edmonton Oilers standpoint, it's just a matter of how much do you want to help out Edmonton? Um, so those are just some of the trade targets that we have coming up to the trade deadline next week. Uh, I'm going to close each show with the, the, the look ahead to the week. Um, three games, one tonight against the Kings. Saturday, it is Jersey retirement night. Um, for those listening in podcast form, I did a legacy look on Mika Kiprasov when they announced that they were retiring the jersey. I'm going to bring that back this weekend to just go over... Um, the, the great career of Mika Kiprasov before the jersey takes its rightful spot among the rafters at Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, and then Monday, they take on the Seattle Kraken. I think four points is possible out of this. Pittsburgh is not playing great hockey right now. I would say that Calgary's gonna get, could get a boost from the ceremony, but the last time they had one of these, they lost to the Minnesota Wild at a game I was at. Um... But I, I do think that they are better than Pittsburgh, and I think they're better than Seattle, too. So I think Calgary probably comes out of this one. I think they lose tonight against the Kings, and I think they come out of this one with a 2-1 and one mark for the week. Um, when we next come back to you with Blasty Banter, it is going to be just a couple of days before the trade deadline, so I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to review the games we just broke down here. Uh, we're going to look ahead to the week, trade deadline, and things of that nature. And even when this team is a little bit out of it, which they probably are going to be, going to have a lot of focus on the prospects, going to have a lot of focus on the kids, what's going right, what's going wrong, and we'll start to look ahead at some mock drafts and see where the Flames may end up draft pick-wise. Uh, so we'll see how all of that goes. But, um... Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited to, to be doing just something Flames-specific here after living in that world for so long. Um, so please remember to subscribe. If you are just looking for Blasty Banter, there is going to be its own playlist. For now, the podcast is still going to live on the Couch Potato Diary podcast feed, um, and all the videos are going to be here. But if you just want the Flames ones, um, that is going to be in the uh, Blasty Banter podcast 
podcast playlist section on YouTube. Uh, we also did one yesterday uh, called the Catalan Autocast on the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, so that comes out every Monday. And tomorrow it is Dynamite, the Toronto Raptor podcast that I will be doing. So uh, very excited for that one. Um, and we're going to have like the regular flagship Couch Potato Diary. Um, I just haven't had time in these last couple of days getting everything ready for these shows. Um, so thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, follow me on social media at all the spots you see below. Um, if you're listening and can't see them, I am at PrimetimeKlein on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. And you can also find us facebook.com slash Couch Potato Diary. Thank you all so much. And I will talk to all of you tomorrow.